Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the Association of Common Sense Masculinity is proud to present the exciting, the thought-provoking Can-Am Soup, an entertaining, genuine, and often meandering conversation between two friends. And now, the stars of our show, Jeremy Gertz and Todd Fuss. Hey, Todd. How are you doing, buddy? Good. How about yourself? Oh, I'm doing good, man. Living the dream. Yeah, I'm going to have to talk to that guy that does the opening to our show because if we're stars, I need to talk to him about why don't I have my jar of M&Ms here without <laughs> any blue ones like it is in my contract. That's right, hey? Eh? Talk to your agent. My what? Your agent. Oh, uh, that's the problem. Yeah, there you go. Yes, how's your week been? Uh, um, quiet, painful, uh, full of, um, I don't want to go out there and do yard work, but I need to go do yard work. Oh, wait, there's my fourth snake I have to kill this year in a week. Oh, wow. Um, what kind of snakes do you guys have out there? Like these ones that you're killing? We what have kind four varieties of uh, rattlesnake or poisonous snake. Really? We have a slew of um, quote unquote harmless snakes, uh, and then we have one that's completely utterly harmless. But to me, since my wife hates them to the point where she's no longer harmless, yeah, snakes got to go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, the, the one I killed Wednesday, Wednesday, I think. I just. Grabbed. I was uh, downstairs watching TV, just hurting bad. I yeah. I just I was in a crotchety mood, and she's like, "Oh, there's a snake in the front yard, inside the fence." So I'm like, ah. "Crawl Gotta upstairs," go. and I just grabbed my shotgun, my uh, yeah. tactical shotgun behind the door and it's loaded with uh two and three quarter inch uh one ounce slugs oh yeah and i just uh shot it one time <laughs> at some distance and just took its head off oh, literally wow. at the neck so head went one way body went another i'm like all right let me you know go inside finish getting my shoes on get my uh keys to the mule and my snake stick and went and cleaned it up. Huh. That's crazy. How do you usually kill them? Like shooting them? I have a Target 22 I built. And that's the one I can shoot them in the head at 150 yards. Oh, wow. Um, somebody didn't believe me. And, you know, just um, sometimes fate does fortune the bold and I uh, have no, really, it happened. I've done it more than once. Like, no, I, you can't do that. Here's a snake pops his head up. I'm like, oh, really? Hang on, I'll be right back. Yeah. You know, we have a volunteer from the audience. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and I, you know, uh, just leveled it, sighted it, pop. Snake goes, bloop. 
And uh, I mean, it still moves for like you know thirty seven and a half minutes. Yeah, yeah, they twitch like crazy when you kill them. Hey, now I will <laughs> say this: you take their head off, they don't move much. Hmm. Uh, they still do, but the one I shot with the shotgun, um, no, he didn't move at all. The no. one I had to chop his head off, the very first one I was here, yeah. when I got here, um, yeah, he uh, moved quite a bit for quite a long time. Hmm. And uh, but uh, anyway, That's so there crazy. was three, three of those in seven days, uh, and one of them looked like an accordion. Hmm. He was about How, three and a half foot long, but he looked like he had swallowed uh, beads. It was just weird. He was all uh, accordioned up his entire length of his body. And that's I, weird. And they di- he didn't run like they normally would. Grabbed him with my snake stick, and uh, then he started stretching out. Yeah. And I'm like, crap, this dude's almost six foot long. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, we don't have many snakes around here. Like, we've got garter snakes, and then I, if you go, like, an hour east into the Badlands, then they got started to get rattlesnakes. And then if you go about, like, an hour south, got to kind of watch out for them. But, yeah, no, I'd, I don't know. I think maybe here I might see a snake once every 10 years. And that's if you're outside a lot. So I kind of like that. I'm okay with that. Oh, I'd be okay if I fan. never saw another one, but... Mm-hmm. And it's not that I'm afraid of them. It's just that I'm smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, I'm not afraid of snake. <clears throat> um, how many times have you been bit? Oh, 11. <laughs> Maybe you should be a little bit. Yeah. You know, you know some, we lived. Oh, some measure of fear is healthy. Yeah, yeah. yeah we lived in Venezuela. And um, like for one year when I was a kid, I was. 13, 13 years old, and um, they have king, was that, coral snakes, and there's another one that looks very similar that's not poisonous, like almost identical, and they're very distinctive. It's like white, um, dark, and like red stripes. Anyways, but we were walking, uh, my mom and I were walking to the school, like we lived just down the street from the school, and there's like, um, they're having a dinner or whatever, and so we were walking, and I think my dad and my sister were already there. And there's no sidewalks kind of where we were. It's all on the road. And there's this old Ford pickup coming towards us. And all of a sudden, it just swerved right at us. And I thought, what the This guy's trying to kill me, you know? Swerved at us. And then as soon as it swerved, it sl- slammed on the brakes and stopped. And I thought, oh, great. What's going on? Like, And so he got out and pointed on the road. And there was this, uh, one of these deadly, deadly coral snakes. And he actually ran over it for us. So he actually saw it, saw it coming towards us, swerved at it, ran over it, and knew and so it was, it was a weird situation because like you go from you think one person's trying to hit you with their car and then they stop and get out and start coming towards you. <laughs> and it's like, oh, great. He missed us. So now he's going to do it with his hands. And it's like, oh, no, he's just a nice guy that saved your life. Potentially, you know. But I was like, oh, man. And then uh, my dad and I, we went down into the Amazon rainforest and it was a long trip to get there. Like lots of driving and then we had to get in a little plane flying we flew over angel falls which is cool to see that but um there'd be all these roadkill snakes and so we'd always pull over and take pictures of them and and some of these ones like i think they're like boa constrictors man they're like eight nine feet and i remember there's one that we took a picture of is dead i could hardly pick it up 
like it was so heavy and I thought, can you imagine that much weight? And, and snakes are strong, you know? I was like, I could see how a wrestle with this thing could end badly, you know? It's crazy. Oh, yeah. Ugh. And it's, I feel sorry for the king snake, which is the lookalike. Yeah, it looks similar, right? Red and yellow doesn't touch. Um, but uh, I feel sorry for him because I'm not sticking around long enough to. Yeah, uh, make let sure. me rephrase that. He's not sticking around long enough for me <laughs> yeah. to know. Yeah. I understand the old saying because I grew up in, you know, I was born in Florida, then lived there a long time. You know, um, red on yellow, kill a fellow. Mm. Um, but still, come on. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. I was listening to, I don't know which podcast, like a meat eater or something. And they're saying like in Florida, uh, what's the, what's the, is it the python that's taken over? Like yeah, the there's a, yeah. Um, some time ago, uh, in a, one of the hurricanes, a like a snake a reptile farm, mm-hmm. you know, was released because yeah. you know, hurricane, yeah, and they've just gone buck wild since because they have no zero yeah. predators. Yeah, they say basically like the entire Everglades, uh, the ecosystem. They honestly don't think it would ever be put back to what is natural, because every single mammal. Uh, they, they found pythons with like crocodiles in their belly. You know what I mean? It's insane. And they, they say like, what, what do you do? Like, how could you go about it? You know, how, how could you put it back? It's so crazy like that. Ugh. I mean, you would have to hunt every single one of them down mm-hmm. or release something that only kills a python. Yeah, yeah. But then how do you only kill the ones that, or in the Everglades. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It's funny, you know, you you hear see all these environmentalists trying to like make us drink from paper straws. <laughs> it's like, okay, you've literally completely changed the ecosystem, which is phenomenally important, you know, of like this whole area. And it happens with so many things. So many you and it like before our time. You know, a hundred years ago, they bring over this animal that's not native to here. And next thing you know, like people that get all upset about the bee population in North America dying. It's like, bees aren't native to North America, retard. <laughs> like, I, it's nice to have honey and, and they do a good job pollinating, but that's not how it was designed to work here necessarily. You know, there's other pollinators other than bees. Oh, the bees in North America are dying. It's like, uh, just so you know, they're not native here. Okay. <laughs> so funny. But um, we have a new uh, spider species moving in here. That's uh, from the Orient. They're called uh, parachute spiders. Yeah, they're about three inches. No. <clears throat> yes. Um, oh. And they're like, oh, don't kill them. They're. It's not their fault. They're here. Man <sighs> brought them here. Okay. Let's take that argument to its logical conclusion. <clears throat> A serial killer is moved to your area by law enforcement because he cooperated. Yeah. And now he murders you and your whole family. Don't send him to jail. He didn't move there on his own accord. Yeah, yeah. 
No, I see a parachuting spider. You know, they're getting whacked. Sorry. So why are they called parachuting spiders? Do they, they actually, um, they actually parachute? That's how they, they spin a web that looks kind of like a, uh, a flap of fabric or a parachute, and the wind catches yeah. it. And that's how they go where they need to go. Really? Yeah. Wow, that's cool. Uh, like, no, I don't want. I want, I look down yeah. for spiders. Yeah, <laughs> spiders from the sky. Not enough, Death you know. From a ball. Snakes jump on you when you're fishing. Mm. Um, so no, not happening. Yeah, yeah. You know, someone uh. was saying uh, day before yesterday. <clears throat> oh, snakes never fall out of the tree. It's so rare. <sighs> I'm just one person. I've had three experiences in my life, up close and personal, with a poisonous snake. Two of them have fallen off a tree. Yuck. Yuck, yuck, yuck. That's nasty, man. That's one thing, like, living here kind of sucks for weather a lot of the time, but we don't have any poisonous spiders. Well, I think we've got a couple. Like, very rarely you can see them, but... Like, I live my day-to-day life, and I don't worry about spiders, and I don't lo- worry about snakes. Like, there's there's nothing out there that can kill me, you know, generally, like, in my vicinity. Oh, man. He talked to, like, I had a friend from Australia, and he's, tell- he's going to the bathroom, and this big, huge spider walks across the floor. He's like, yep. Everything wants to kill I you. know. He's like, yeah, that one will kill me. Because you just never really relax. You're never truly relaxed there, because, you know, like, they're they're – Everything's kind of open a bit. Like nothing. It's not like their houses are really super well sealed. And he says you go to the carport and you open the car door and oh yeah, there's a oh I'm like man, dude, stop talking about it. Heebie-jeebies, man. Heebie-jeebies. Yeah, I was watching this uh, Australian guy on YouTube. Had nothing to do with bugs, but it, there was a a spider came walking out of what he was working on. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, that's a a Ridgeback. You know, it'll kill you. But you don't really want to kill them because you kill them all, you're just overwhelmed with bugs. Mm. It's kind of a, you know, you don't mess with them, they're not going to bite you. Yeah. And then he started talking about, oh, look, there's another thing, and there's this other thing, and there's this other. Uh, Dude, you live in the wrong place. Sorry. Yeah. No kidding. If you can just sit in your garage drinking a beer and then point out 11 <laughs> things that want to kill you uh no <laughs> no kidding hey eh? that's crazy yeah the only thing i've have you ever been bit by like a dangerous bug or like snake like to the point where you're like worried i don't know the answer to that um because something bit me when i was overseas mm-hmm. and we were extremely worried about because of the reaction at the site of the bite Mm. Um, could have been, you know, one of, again, 11 things that want to kill you all the time. Mm -hmm. And so I got some uh, antibiotics, antivenom. That's a kind of a catch all antivenom. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Right. And you know, swelling went down and I was okay. And they're like, well, either you're, you have a natural immunity to whatever it is or, you know, the anti-venom work, hmm. whatever, you know. Yeah. And I've narrowly escaped four 
things that wanted to kill me, the three poisonous snakes uh, and a spider over in the big sandbox. Huh. Uh, That's crazy. Been hit by a scorpion once, but thank God it hit my watch. Yeah, I got bit by scorpion once, but uh, there's different types of scorpions too, right? Like everybody yeah, this wasn't one of the good ones. Huh, yeah. I know, because some of them are real vicious. But, uh, I was, you know, we were at a baseball practice. This was, again, when I lived in Venezuela. And uh, out in the field, I was playing outfield, and for some reason, like, they were doing some drills that were all infield stuff, and so we were bored out of our minds. So I said, ah, I'm just going to lay down, like, in the grass, because I don't know why. You're a kid, teenager, <laughs> kind of lazy. And I laid down, and then I went to put my hand down, and I put it right over the body of the scorpion, and then its tail came right up between my fingers and got me on the knuckle. And I just, and just, and it hurt, man. It hurt so bad. Like a feeling I've never had before. It was really warm, instantly, like real sharp prick, but it's very hot. And I was like, oh man. And so I look and I see it in there. And so I pulled the thing off and then, oh, and I grabbed it with my baseball glove and I showed it to my friend. He goes, oh yeah, those kind of aren't that dangerous. I'm like, okay, phew. But oh, it hurt. It just swelled. Like it wasn't bad. It swelled up and it got all. Like right where the the injection was was red, and then it got real white all around it, and itchy, man. It's like just itchy for days. But and then one time I was going to the bathroom in the middle of the night, and I stepped on one barefoot, and I killed it. <laughs> it didn't get a chance to bite me. <laughs> but yeah, one of the things that surprises a lot of people in anywhere on the eastern seaboard, and or right next to the Appalachians, have uh, scorpions. They're the oh really. They're small and they're jet black. Hmm. And uh, <clears throat> we've uh, I've caught one on our sticky traps here for mice. Uh, oh yeah. I'm like, oh great, they're out here. Oh, that's funny. I just think their their looks creep me out. Yeah. Yeah, they're sinister. I think it's it's a it's a spider with a weapon. Yeah. You know, it's got a mounted fifty cal. Yeah. Sorry. Um, and you uh, think they do? No, they don't. They don't do nothing. But yeah. uh, no. And like you know, people like if you ever have a gang or some, you know, even a sports team that calls themselves the Scorpions, I'm like, man, they are. You're right. Like they are a symbol of just like pure hatred or like just pure viciousness, like attack, right? Like all, all they mean is bad. That's all they mean. It's like, here, what can we hurt? What can we kill? Ugh. And, you know, for a predator, one of the most docile creatures on Earth is a tarantula. Hmm. Uh, no. It, it, it's everything I hate but bigger. Yeah. Um, oh, you'd kill a tarantula? I don't know, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't want to, but. Oh, man. Yes. Gross. Oh, I'm getting oh, it, It's gotta, like that um, cartoon I sent you yesterday. <laughs> it's not something you want to do. You know what's wrong, but you just have to. <laughs> Pick him up and shaky, shaky, shaky. <laughs> That's so funny. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, hilarious. Yeah, for the audience, it's... Uh, this guy's shaking something, and his buddy's like, hey, quit shaking that baby. And he puts it down and says, not a baby, it's a midget. And his friend goes, oh, okay, and picks it up and shakes it. 
<laughs> so bad time. <laughs> oh, dear. That's not good. That's not very wholesome. <laughs> no. <sighs> I can't find the clip anywhere, but because I, I was going to send it to you. It's just um little person that's in trouble with the little people community. As he hates little people. Hmm. I mean, he is a midget hating midget. <laughs> oh, my God. Huh. I thought I had some midget jokes. Oh, I ain't got nothing on this guy. That's funny. And uh, he's just like, we're just, um, that, anyway, he, he he doesn't like little people. He thinks they're a scourge. Hmm. Uh, but anyway, so he's trying to get, they're trying to cancel him. Hmm. But that's okay. Some of the part of the little people community is trying to cancel Peter Dinklage, and I think they should. I don't know who that is. He's a, a dwarf that's a, an act, a very famous actor. He was in Game of Thrones uh, hmm. and some other stuff. And, you know, Disney wanted to remake uh, Snow White and Seven Dwarves. Mm -hmm. He said, absolutely not. You know, that's just. Um, Bloody blah, blah, you know, doing the cancel culture on Disney. Hmm. And then he goes and makes um, the remake of Cyrano de Bergerac. Replays the misshapen dwarf. Hmm. Oh, and they're just all over him. And they should be. Hmm. You took food out of our mouths. We were already cast for a movie. You come in here and say, oh, no, it's just perpetuating stereotype. And what do you go do? Yeah, yeah. You big poopy head. Yeah. And he is. If he if he did that. Um yeah. It's so funny how everybody thinks they have a right to other people's you know, like the And that the is literally I'm sorry I had to catch up, but that's literally what all this Hollywood cancel is. I can do it, you can't. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know when we got to the point where society in general feels that they have a right to tell other people what to do. If, if it offends you, don't take part. You know, support it with your activity. If, if you don't like something, then don't watch it. But we're like, oh, he can't do this. He can't do this. You can't do this. No. Hey, if we want to make a movie about dwarves, we want to cast midgets, we're going to do it. And if you think that's rude, then don't watch it. Don't take your money. Pay money to watch the movie. Don't rent it on a streaming service. Like, vote with your dollars. You have a right to do that. Put your big boy pants on even though you're little. You know what I mean? Like, that's a, that's the whole thing with cancel culture. It all came about when people are like, Nuh-uh, he can't do that. Why not? Because I'm not allowed. Yes, Johnny, you probably shouldn't do that because she doesn't have one of those toys either. It's like, so? I remember seeing this in school. And it's like, you have to share your toys. Why? Because they want to play with it, and they didn't get that for Christmas. I don't care. Life's not fair, then you die. Okay? Learn that lesson, you're set. Hey, <laughs> you, if you, teacher, do you have a bowl in the teacher's lounge of all your car keys so if a teacher that can't afford a car needs one, they just take one of yours? Yeah. Or somebody gets no, a nicer one than you? Do you? Yeah. It's all about this fairness. You know, everything's going to be fair. It's not fair. Shut up. Fair schmear. I'll show you fair. 
Yeah, it's, I, it's ridiculous. Uh, I, I riled myself up. I wasn't having a conversation with anybody. I just started thinking about this, and I got mad. Um, kids and chores. They're not allowed to do it anymore, allegedly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you people not understand the point? Chores are not meant to give kids hard labor. They're not meant to be a punishment. In general, you know, the the whole, I want to teach my children's life lessons, right? Yeah. yeah. They're not meant to be, you know, hard labor. They're not meant to be a punishment. What it's meant to do is give the child a responsibility, reward, lesson, mm-hmm. or consequence, depending. Um, <clears throat> hey, you know, take the trash out on Tuesdays and Fridays, and you get X money per week, right? Mm-hmm. Sorry about that. I forgot to mute that. Um, but uh, and now we have a generation that hated chores, not giving it to their kids, and then those kids are becoming young adults that don't know how to do anything, don't want to work. They want free everything. Oh, and they're going to live with mom and dad till they're forty-seven. Yeah, <laughs> die in the basement of a pizza roll, um, gaming heart attack. Yeah, I was just going to say, the worst is all they're doing is playing stupid video games all day long. And I I don't know where I was or what I was doing, but I was somewhere, and they, I, I was overhearing something that, oh, my kids, uh, oh, it was when we were buying the truck. And I was then talking with the, you know, the finance guy mm-hmm. uh, who got a rude awakening with uh, the fusses when they walked in there. Well, he he had already got the rude awakening because I did a lot of stuff prior to even showing up at the dealership. Yeah. Um, so he knows he wasn't going to get me on any extras. And by the way, I'm getting zero percent financing. So, you know, you really just print the papers, all right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, he was talking about his son being lazy, hating anything that looks like hard labor. He just won't do it. You know that's your fault, right? Yeah, no kidding. I mean, he's sitting there complaining about something that he had 100% control of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm like, no, you're what's wrong, not him. Yeah. He's the result of what's wrong. Yeah. He's the next generation's what's wrong. Yeah. You're what's wrong with him. You know, that's that's one thing. Like, people don't get that. It's like they're too soft on their kids. And... Uh, you know, I I do raise my kids not as strictly as I was raised, but my kids, like yesterday night, <clears throat> my boys and I went and we were helping my dad put a new door on his airplane hanger. And my boys work hard. You know, my dad always said, he said, his dad was abusive. So my grandpa was kind of crazy. They, he had some things wrong with him. Um, but he said the one thing my dad did for all of us boys is taught us how to work. And that's true. Like my dad and my uncles, they've all been well-respected, never lacking a job, never been unemployed. They work hard. And if you can work hard, you will never be without a job. And so my dad said, I'm going to teach you how to work hard. And he did. And I've literally gone, I've had jobs. And then while I'm at that job, and this was when I was starting out, zero skills, like I was a shipper receiver. And I got offered a job uh, as a heavy-duty mechanic because I worked hard. And one guy that worked there, his uncle owned the company and told his uncle, he said, hey, listen, my uncle wants to hire you. 
And so I had a job before I quit this job. And then same thing. Another guy saw me in another place and said, we come work for us? Sure. And so I literally skipped around in the, in the first year and a half. I went up and boom, I, my jobs got better and better. And I, made, I doubled my money in the first year and a half with zero skills because I worked hard. And my boys work hard. You know, and I'm like this, if you can work hard, first of all, work is enjoyable. Work gives you satisfaction. So many people, I, I hear this, there's this real stupid movement. I hear it a lot amongst a lot of makers and like, you know, we all work too hard. We should just really try to not do so much work. And I think we need to just spend more time. Bullshit. You need to work, man. You need to work. Work is satisfaction. Now you need to rest. But I think like even a whole weekend is, is too long, in my opinion. Like why would you take two days and sit around and do nothing when you could be productive for one day and have a really good restful day? And on my Sundays, man, like you don't you don't talk to me on Sundays. Like we go to church in the morning. But if somebody's like, hey, would you like to meet up for this? No. Hey, what, can I come pick this up? No. Nope. Like if I have something for sale, like whatever, it's like, oh, yeah, can I come pick it up on Sunday? The answer is a no. <laughs> it's like, sorry, my Sundays are sacred. Like I nothing, nothing, nothing. But man, it's we've totally gotten away. And then you you see it with this pandemic to the point that like as a society, we're like, let's just pay people to stay home and not work. And it's like, okay, I know there's a virus going around, but are you, you kidding? We're just gonna stop doing stuff? What the what the heck is wrong with you? Oh, do you realize the country that you live in is a direct result of people working hard? That's it. That's it. And people look around and say, oh, it must be nice to have this money. Yeah. Okay. Work your ass off and you can have it too, retard. Like you're not going to get it by sitting around in your mommy's basement playing video games. The government's not going to make you wealthy. The government might pay you enough to keep you alive, but then you get fat and lazy and used to it. Like get off the couch and work hard. Oh, it drives me nuts. Ugh. But like I told my boys too, I said, here's the thing. You guys, <clears throat> you work really hard. And, you know, we've done things with, like you'll have a group of men doing like a barn raising or something. And there'll be guys come to me and say, hey, listen, I'm looking for, a, you know, a part time hand. Is one of your boys interested? And um, I mean, the one, some little one guy that asked him, like, I'm not going to let my kids work for him. <laughs> but um, but they've had a couple guys say, listen, when they're older, like when they've got their licenses and they can drive themselves, I need a guy three days a week. Like, I'll hire your boys right now, both of them. And, and that's. Yeah, I told him that. I said, you see that, boys? Like, that's because you work hard. You are a rarity. And you will always have opportunity. You will always have a job. You're going to have friends whose parents didn't teach them how to work hard and the value of hard work. And they're going to be unemployed. They're going to get laid off right away. But you will always have a job. And you will you'll, you'll be ahead in everything. You're going to make more money, which is good. It's fantastic. And that's what capitalism is, right? You, you can be more wealthy. Good. Because you worked for it. You know? You work hard, you get more. That's how the world works. That's what I tell them. I say, oh, you want, a, you want a new dirt bike? Go work. Get the cash and then buy it. You know? Like, just, man, people don't get it. And it's it's just such a, I, like I always, I, was, I think I may have mentioned it here before. I was, we were telling my wife, too. I was like, man. You know, thinking as my kids get older, I'm like, they're going to start looking, you know, they're, they're going to get married eventually. And I'm like, I feel so bad for them because the pool that they have to choose from is so lame. Like the girls are so fat by and large, you know, they're wearing these, what they call mom pants because they're all 
pudgy and they're all useless. And then all the boys have droopy shoulders. It, it's like just, man, you see a teenager who's like strong and athletic. Man, this is a rarity. It's way more like just these soft boys that are shaped like bowling pins. And the girls are the same way. I'm like, this is just gross, man. Like, screw body positive. <laughs> like, hey, kids, get off the couch. Put those stupid video games. And I'll, I'll say it here again. Like, I have to say, I keep getting these comments in my YouTube channel. And I know it's like, what do you have against video games? Video games are stupid. And if you play them, you're a dork. Full on stop. That's it. There's no other discussion. And I'm like, I'm not even responding to these clown donkeys. They're like, what do you got against video games? You're not worth my time, retard. Like, go ahead. Just keep gaming. Just keep doing that. See, see, see where that gets you. And if you think about it, then you might figure out why I don't like video games. But anyways, that's, what, that's my uh, little rant. I just went off there. Work hard. <laughs> Need to teach your kids to work hard. And get off a stupid gaming console. Yeah. We, yeah. Were, we were out. <clears throat> there was a preteen having a, a debate with dad and you could tell it was like dad's weekend mm -hmm. and dad was trying to teach a lesson without making it look like a lesson and the kid just had you know something money given to him and he's like oh i'm gonna go buy whatever no you're not what do you mean no you're not you're gonna go buy this this and this no i'm gonna go no if it's free money, you're going to do what I tell you to do with it. You go work for it. You can spend it on whatever you want. Mm -hmm. And the look on the kid's face was like, I, well, I guess it was kind of like the look I used to have when I got spanking with the belt. When I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, ugh. And I didn't even, I guess because of the way I was raised, um, I didn't even have to have that talk given to me. Mm -hmm. I know tomorrow I need to get up and have shoes to put on, socks, pants, and underwear. So that comes first. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Whatever. Lack of common sense in society, hey? We live in a well, fairy I, dream I world. I need my PS5. Yeah. Let me know how it tastes. <laughs> That's right. Yep, yep, yep. And then, the, but you get, you live in some places, oh my God, you can't do that. Kids call the cops. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no kidding, hey? And I am, I, we we don't know what happened, but in our neighborhood um, in Maryland, when we lived there, a kid called the police. December 26th, because they did not get what they wanted for Christmas. <laughs> Stupid kid. And it's oh. something that, you know, all their friends got. And if I go to school after the Christmas break and not having gotten one, I'm going to get beat up. Yeah. You know, That's and the funny. police were sitting there talking to the parents. Like, you know, you put your kid in danger, right? For not getting them that. And I'm like, no, they haven't. You did wow. by creating this culture wherein criminals rule the roost. Hmm. And 
A bully's a criminal, a physical bully. An internet bully is just a jerk that you can block. Yeah. You know, it's really hard for a six-year-old or an 11-year-old getting beat up to push a block button. Uh, and I think that these internet people saying, oh, I got cyberbullied, <laughs> are really disrespecting all those kids that get beat up. Yeah, but they're I minimizing think- <clears throat> physical bullying and face to face psychological bullying. That works too, you know. But cyber bullying, come on. No, I, I, I'm going to take a, I agree with it. Like the one thing is kids hang out, they live on their devices now. And I've seen what cyberbullying looks like, you know, like they'll just something, you get maybe some, uh, not even a compromising photo, but like a picture of somebody like bending over to pick up garbage or something. And somebody will take a picture of that and then put a real gross thing underneath it and then send that all around. And now all of a sudden 30 people are laughing at them. I think it's very much the same. Like when it's done like within their peer group, within their, you know what I mean? It's not like some guy from that I don't know starts calling me dumb names on YouTube. You know, that's to me isn't cyberbullying. That's just a retard and, and stuff. But <clears throat> so it's, when other kids in your high school are sending pictures around about you or something like that and they're making fun of you or something, uh, that's what I, and it's not cyber like on the internet so much as it is, you know, within these messaging platforms that have a sense of community built around. It is cyber, but I do think that stuff's brutal. I think it's harder now than it was before because before it took balls, right? And, and before you actually had to do it, before it was all devices, now you could just secretly do it and you could have just smeared somebody, sent this stupid picture to 30 people and nobody has a single clue. Nobody will even see you do it. You can do it from the your own house. Whereas before, if you wanted to back talk about somebody, you had to do it person to person. You know, maybe you got a group of 10 people. You can tell them all at once, hey, uh, I saw Jeremy poop his pants, <laughs> right? And then they've got to tell people. Whereas I could just text it, oh, dude, Jeremy just shit himself, right? And then some 40 people know about it. I think it's worse now with cyberbullying. I think it's out of control. And the thing is, see, I used to get bullied all the time. And then I was, <clears throat> I was sick of it. And I thought, well, truth be told, the school bullies just a little bigger than me. Like as far as height goes, but Skinny's a toothpick. And so I remember one day I just put his his back of his head into the brick wall and you had to go get stitches. And I thought, hey, I kind of like this game. I'm winning it. I can win it. A couple months later, tried to bully me. <laughs> I pushed him like right off the high platform at our playground swing set. He broke his elbow. Cool. This is a fun game. Come at me. I come at you. And I had my bullying problems were solved. Whereas if it were all online, you can't retort. You can't go there. You know, and also it's hard to track for teachers. Like if a teacher sees some kid bullying a kid, you can go up there and say, hey, get away. I'm not saying that any of them's good, but I think that cyberbullying is just as bad or worse because it's faster, it's bigger in scale, more people know. Uh, you can get humiliated and, and look like a retard in front of way more people, way faster and with, a, with way less consequence. People are like, oh, I, didn't, I don't mean to send that text. I don't know. I just deleted it from my phone. You know what I mean? I know, I know what you mean, and I used to think that there was, and used to believe in cyberbullying, right? Believe it exists. I used to, because I've I've been part of two uh, investigations that started off as 
uh, cyber stalking and cyber bullying and then one suicide, one murder, right? Mm-hmm. Serious stuff. But fast forward several years, about 15, and now um, some of the things that the left are calling cyber bullying just turned my stomach. Oh, yeah, I agree. Like, I agree that people are too soft and they put a broad, or like, <laughs> that microaggression. Any, anything that's not <laughs> completely accepting and positive is cyberbullying. No, it isn't. Yeah, I agree with you, 100%. 100%. Like, I agree it's way too broad. Just like, oh, that's a microaggression. Stop with your microaggressions. Like, oh, come on, let's not be so soft. But I, I do think that if somebody intentionally wants to humiliate, cyberbullying, in my opinion, is worse than real bullying. You know what I mean? But I agree. Not everything. I think they're broadly putting a blanket over everything. Like making your kid do dishes is child abuse. No, it's not. Now, smacking your kid for no reason across the face, yes, that's child abuse. Child abuse is a real thing. Oh, but I not see. everything is child abuse. You know what I mean? Like people just want to <clears throat> enjoy this you know, retarded I was, world. I'll be the first person to say now, um, yeah, I was abused as a child. And I was spanked. Not the same thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, I got uh, punched in the mouth. I think I was nine. Mm. Uh, hello. Uh, I've been beat with the buckle end of the belt just because somebody had a bad day at work. Mm. Um, no, that's abuse. You know, I get suspended from school for a week and I got spanked. Yeah, that was on me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, yeah. I uh, I get into those uh, tweener hormones and back talk and say the f word to mommy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's on me. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I was spanked a lot as a kid, and it was disciplined, and I deserved every single one. There's a time when I was in school. Probably the biggest reason I got brought out of school is because always in trouble, always. And it had to do with the bully, and then once I realized, okay, cool, and so it was like a, a feud, but every day I'd get home from school, my mom would say, did you do something wrong today? I'm like, yep. And like, okay, you need a spanking for it? Yep. Okay, when your dad gets home, you're going to get disciplined. Okay. And I knew it. I would do something and be like, man, I'm going to get spanked for this. And I was never shocked when I got <laughs> spanked. I was like, oh, yeah. I think if you you're having those conversations with mom, you're beyond spanking working. <laughs> you understand the yeah. difference between right and wrong. Oh, yeah. You just don't care. <laughs> no, I thought it's still worth it. <laughs> I, I mean, you know what? I mean, yeah, spank, sure. Spankings only hurt so hard, right? Mm-hmm. I mean. Yeah, I'm uh, going to knock over a 7-Eleven. You know you're going to get uh, one and a half to three years. Yeah, it's worth it. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> I enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, exactly like that. Yeah. But then you turn out to be a just an incredibly productive member of society. So might work. Uh, you know. Do you know what they started doing when they realized that spanking wasn't doing all that much? They started fining me. And that really cuz cuz you <laughs> get the point now. Now you hurt my pocketbook. Come yeah. On. Now it's like, "Okay, you got my attention now." Wait a minute. I almost had enough for a snowboard and now oh, seriously? You going to And I knew what the fines were. They'd be like, "If you don't do this, it's this we'll much." Get back to <clears throat> 
Yeah, I asked for that, and they said, nope, it's not effective. You're not learning. You, you, you don't care enough about it. I said, no, that's why I want that. <laughs> like, Go ahead, give me spank. It hurts for like 10 seconds, and it's over. It's like, if you fight with your sister, you're gonna, it's going to be $10 fine. You take 10 bucks? Come on. I work for two hours for that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Then it's, uh, that's when I really smartened up. <laughs> And that's the thing too, like discipline is like it, different kids require different disciplines. And, you know, <clears throat> my, one of my sons was very strong-willed, like strong-willed. I don't think we could have ever disciplined him to do what was right if he didn't want to like that. And then like my, my daughter, when she's little, I, if she did something wrong, was doing something she shouldn't be doing, I'd go Ava and I'd look at her and she'd just start crying and just broke her heart. Right. And so it's... <clears throat> You know, different disciplines work for different kids, and that's that's why as a as a parent, it's your job to have spent enough time with your kids to know who they are and how to shape them. You know, mo- most people like don't spend any time with their kids. You, you hear these family help people, but like try to try to eat at least two meals of, together as a family. I'm like, are you out of your mind? That's not enough. You know, we have every single dinner as a family, and we usually have breakfast once or twice a week as a family and we usually have lunch once or twice a week as a family like yeah we got busy schedules but man and it and it's like oh yeah but we got to work we got no no you've chosen that right like like you you choose to drive cars that you can't afford uh you know you you buy all this crap and i don't know people people always like to play the victim it's like oh but we can't you know i work till eight o'clock at night why well what kind of car are you driving let me show you this. Look at this. I got a 2002 Honda Civic. Looks like a piece of junk, but it's safe and it's reliable. And you know what? I paid cash for it like 10, 12 years ago. It cost me nothing. So you know what? I don't have all that money going out of my bank account every month. I can work less hours and be with my family. <gasps> Weird. You know, people are like, oh, must be nice. Why? To, to make the right decision? You could do it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but so I had, if I know <laughs> a good car and a big screen TV, my friends cyber bully me. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, they don't. They talk crap behind your back. It's, yeah. it's different. So what you need to do is go real bully them. <laughs> you know, I mean, come on. Come on, people. Yeah. Um, I had a... You know, um, YouTube has completely changed... Uh, for me in the last two weeks. Um, and I don't mean my taste in YouTube. I mean YouTube. Um, one day I uh, opened up, you know, one of the devices I watch it on, and my recommendations were all completely changed. And I don't mean the channels. I mean the, the genres. Mm. I mean, it was give, telling me I want to watch stuff that I'm like, no, I don't. Like how to do nice makeup in five minutes? Uh, no, but um, how to dance. Uh, oh, talk. Some now other we're stuff. talking. You should watch those. No. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, would like, yeah. I, I used to be able to dance, and now I can't. So I, I'm good with that. Maybe it's inspiration, Todd. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I, there was a, somebody that's like a maker, but not. Uh, but they build stuff, they're, but they're not trying to be a maker. And I don't really like their what they're making or their videos, but I watched a couple just because, you know, hey, I'll give this person a shot, mm-hmm. you know. 
And then I was looking through the, because I was watching one of the videos on big screen TV, but I was looking at the same video on my iPad so I could see the comments. Yeah. Because they mentioned something in the video about um, something they've noticed in their comments on past videos. And, hey, tell me what you think down below. And I'm like, oh, great. Now I have to go read this. Because mm. he just opened up the maker can of worms. Uh, when people were commenting, and you know this because you've, you know, had your fair share. Ugh, it must be easy for you to make that because you have this nice shop. Yeah. You had all these expensive tools. You got blah, blah, blah. And he said, I've never, um, you know, had gotten myself into those discussions because it's a no-win proposition for makers mm. uh, for the most part. So I just leave it alone. I let my viewers handle it. Sometimes they go overboard. Sometimes, you know, they just um, pat them on the head and send them on their way. But one guy got to me. He broke me. <laughs> and I commented. And he went and showed his comment. And I'm like, it didn't work, obviously. But it was about the best thing you could do. Um, I've got, you know, well over 2,000 videos. Go back and watch my first one and my second one and my third one. When I started out in a 10 uh, garden shed, mm. building what I build. And then I moved into my garage. And then I got a... Uh, he built his own secan uh, workshop, but he split it. He mm. put two of them together, right? Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, on side by side, not lengthwise. Uh, and then, and now he's got a, you know, twenty thousand foot warehouse workshop space. Mm. You know, not that many years later, but just because you know social media has helped him. Mm -hmm. uh, create his customer base. Yeah, who is this guy? I have no idea. Like oh. I said, I don't like him or what he makes, but um, he seems to be a wholesome enough person. I'm just not into that thing. Mm. I can't even tell you what he was making at mm. this point. But he makes everything by hand, himself. Uh, he CNC's some of the small widgets that put, put the stuff together. Mm. But it has something to do with drones. Hmm. Uh, not the drone itself, but some other stuff having to do with the drone community. Hmm. Uh, one of the things he was prototyping in his most recent video was like a pit stop stand for racing drones. Oh, wow. So you could run it and not have to hold it. Oh, okay, yeah. And not have to have those clampy things. Anyway, hmm. Um, hmm. you could put it in there, run it, fix it, and move it on. Hmm. Um, literally pit stop in a racing drone. Hmm. And cool. he, uh, I don't know if it, I don't know much about racing drones, uh, but uh, he's like in the Formula One level mm -hmm. racing drone community yeah. in his hobby. Yeah. Right. And he started seeing this need and he's a, you know, industrious businessman. He's like, well, you know, maybe I can make some money out of my hobby. And I'm like, yeah, don't do it. Mm. It'll ruin it. Yep, for sure. But anyway, um, the reason I started watching his 
stupid video to begin with was how he dealt with that comment because it was in the thumbnail. Mm. You know. Yeah. Um, anyway. So, he worked, you know, this guy's complaint is, oh, I can't do that because I don't have a big workshop. Well, I couldn't either, but I did it. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't have a workshop, but I had talent. Mm-hmm. You douchebag. Now shut up and you get to work or just shut up. Yeah. yeah. You know, you can, I can't all day long and you'll still be in the same place. Yeah. If you say, I, I'm going to try all day. At the end of the day, even if you failed, now you know what you can't do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you're that much far, farther forward. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell you the number of things I've failed at in my life. Um, but I've succeeded at quite a bit. And I wouldn't mm-hmm. know um, how to succeed or what to succeed in or what I could do or what I could fix myself or what I could build myself. If I hadn't failed, yeah. failure is the best teacher, in my opinion. But so I got a question. Like people say that, and I'm like, is it really? But then it is, but it ain't. Yeah. But anyway, when you're growing up, did you remember hearing like mantras like that? Like hard work will pay off, and I, I always kind of remember my upbringing having these these systems. You know, like did uh, just stuff like, oh, if you want to get ahead in life, work hard and uh, was that expression, you know, opportunity often comes in overalls and smells like pig poop or something like that, right? Like all these expressions and phrases basically to not romanticize, but, but kind of hone in the fact that if you want to be successful, you've got to work hard. Like, do you kind of remember that stuff when you were growing up? And then I don't know if it's missing. Like, I don't know if our kids now have, like the young generation has those same types of mantras. I see them all the time, yeah. the new mantras, and they're hollow. You can sit there and look at it and go, that's like a triple entendre. It doesn't mean hard work will get you anywhere, right? Yeah, it's yeah. like saying it's like these people that say, you have to teach your kids they can be anything they want to be. Yeah. No, that's a fallacy. Yeah. 100% fallacy. Yeah. Not everybody can be everything they want. In fact, there's a 0.02% chance any kid will grow up to be a professional athlete. 0.02%. Yeah. And there's even less for astronauts and pilots, blah, blah, you know. Yeah. But no, your kid can't be anything they want to be, but they can be anything they're talented enough to be and have the drive and determination to go do. Yeah. It's a formula. It's not a mantra. Yeah. Um, and they can't do it. Eating pizza rolls in the basement playing Call of Duty. <laughs> exactly. Now, I will say, because of our social media world, there are millionaires that play Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. I don't think if Call of Duty ended tomorrow, their millions would last, nor do I think they could get them again. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of real, like, one-time opportunities, hey? Like, like same thing with some of the early YouTubers that are like, you know, the first vloggers, the first these people, first those people. And it's like, they made it and they made it big. And then people try to do it today and they actually do it better, but they will never even come near as close. Because there's more fish in more. that pond. Yeah. And it was like, a, it was a timing thing. It's like, oh, boom, this was right. This was a brand new thing in society. 
And I just happened to be the very first YouTuber that was doing daily vlogs and, you know, and, and bad job at it <laughs> compared to what people are doing now. But these people, I see so many people that make such amazing videos and good quality. And I'm like, part of me is like, yeah, but you're kind of a boring person, but I'm, they try so hard. And it's like, and I hear these podcasts and people are like, oh, it's worth it. You can still make it. You can do it on like, I, I don't know. I don't know if you can. One of these um, makeup girls. Yeah. On YouTube that are so big. I don't know who she is or anything. I was reading a, a news story in uh, Business World or something, and it said she was talking that uh, when YouTube was the Wild West, mm -hmm. it was so much better. And like you're yes. saying, she's saying the video and the audio quality. People have professional recording teams. Mm-hmm. You know, they have videographers just doing a vlog. Yeah. She said, and most of the most popular ones today are all scripted. Mm. Not word for word, but what they're doing that day yeah. is scripted. Because yeah. you have um, product placement, you have advertisers, you have sponsors, you got this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. She said the content was so much better, you know, 15 years ago, 10 yeah. years ago. No, it, totally it was so then. much. It was so genuine. Mm -hmm. You want to follow a vlogger back then, you just got to see the person. Yeah. Not the salesman. Yeah. And I will tell you, it was absolutely difficult for my brain to wrap around a chick that does makeup videos on YouTube speaking very intelligently. <laughs> yeah. Say <Like>, what? <laughs> yeah. And to know that you know she's only seventeen, hmm. um, somewhere in that neighborhood of seventeen. Yeah. But she's already got half her college degree. Hmm. She was homeschooled. She was actually homeschooled because she was so much far advanced than her schoolmates. Mm -hmm. So her parents. <clears throat> Got they both got second jobs just to pay for her tutoring at home hmm. to try to uh, foster her you know, her brilliance as it were, yeah. and uh, graduated high school real early, started college, then took a break, and now she's back in college, uh, and through her YouTubery, she has repaid mom and dad. And allowed them to retire. Do whatever you want. Hmm. You know, I'll, you know. Here's an account. Here's money. Have have fun. <laughs> That's you, crazy. You got me here. You believed in me. Here's your reward. Yeah. And I think that's just awesome. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it's yeah, it's true. YouTube, YouTube's weird. Uh, yeah. And I like it. Um. Oh. What do you think about old Elon buying up Twitter? Okay, so he, here's my thing. What he, he paid $43 billion for it? $44. 44 Do you want to know what? I downloaded it for free on my phone. Boom! <laughs> Who wins now? Huh? I beat Elon his own game. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's uh, I think it's fantastic, personally. It, it was funny to cautiously optimistic because I am such a uh, outspoken critic of everything else he's done in his life. Yeah. 
his just horrendous business practices, um, this bullshit that he calls Tesla. Uh, oh, and speaking of Tesla, if you work for Elon Musk at Tesla, and you and this has been proven, you don't do exactly what you're told or you disagree with him, you get fired. How's that for free speech? Yeah. Um, oh, uh, his Starlink is failing miserably because of his business practice. Mm. And he, some of the insiders that want to talk about it, particularly these quote-unquote lost satellites, yeah. um, have, have been told, you open your mouth publicly, you're f- I'm not just fired, ruined. Oh yeah, how's that for free speech? Yeah. Uh, on your own time, you got on, oddly enough, Twitter, and you talked about, oh man, I got a bet. I, I made a mistake by coming to work for Tesla. You know, I should have stayed with this other Silicon Valley outfit. And they don't even say the name, you know, because it was a happier place to work. Fired. Yeah, yeah. You gave an opinion, a personal opinion, on your off-duty time. Fired. Oh, and who fired you? Elon Musk. Yeah. For what? Oh, um, not not agreeing with his censorship? Oh, okay. Yeah, but like for the Twitter thing, it's like, uh, it's funny because people like on social media and people that surprise me, like one, one guy saw me sitting there's like playing his guitar, all sad music and one of these sappy emotional posts. So when it's like, Shows himself looking real sad and somber. I'm, I should just unfollow the guy for it, but um, he said uh, just really trying to co- just really trying to figure out what to do in a world where uh, you know billionaires can buy our social media platforms. I'm like, okay, you stupid moron. Who do they think you? Who owned it before? Was it just like the happy people of the world and and they like and he's like people are like, oh, what's he going to do with censorship? Well, it's already totally censored. Like. It is already Who manipulated. Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, and they are they are already manipulated by a very small group of people. If not, like a single person makes the decisions. Even Twitter, right? Like they somebody banned Donald Trump from Twitter. Now, do I like Donald Trump? No. Do I hate him? No. Does he do stupid stuff on Twitter? Yeah. But somebody said, according to me and my personal opinion, that's not acceptable block and now they're like what's he gonna do is he gonna censor it are you freaking retarded it's completely entirely censored already it's just a different person's gonna be doing it yeah, so who cares oh the people we were censoring get this get to make those decisions now oh no unfair unfair Sorry. i know i know people are having yeah. such a i'm like who cares somebody's got to own twitter right like it's it's not like it's a, a public uh, a, a company that exists for the greater good of mankind. Uh, it's not it, for that at all. Here's like, what I think is going on. What's that? Uh, quite honestly, here's what I think. Uh, and I didn't make this up, but I 100% agree with it. He saw, he enjoys Twitter. That's his preferred outlet, right? Mm-hmm. One thing is he can't stand Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. So he, he's not going to use his. Yeah. Uh, he liked Twitter for its platform. He saw where it was going, didn't like it. They were starting to censor him a little, shadow ban him a little. But he was watching its worth in the market. 
it had come down some quite a mm-hmm. bit mm-hmm. over the last 10 years. You know what? I think I can buy this thing. He got 55 million, 57, I mean, billion, sorry, uh, of guaranteed loan to buy it. They settled on 44. Okay. So if as long as the purchase goes through, he owns Twitter. Mm-hmm. He's going to uncensor that thing, not quite make it the Wild West, but he's going to blow up its worth, right? Mm-hmm. And then IPO it in three, four years. Yeah, yeah, probably. Well, that seems like a logical thing to do. You know, I, I don't, like, I know he's not necessarily, it's funny, when you say somebody's a businessman, it could be different things. Like, to build a good, honest business that, as a, a business itself is, uh, you know, good, good for the employees, good for the customers, good quality product. That's totally different than just being a businessman who makes money. And Elon Musk is brilliant at making money, like brilliant. But I agree, like uh, his business practices for the business, they they're not good, but for him, they are, <laughs> right? Like, oh, absolutely. And it's uh, so it's interesting, and and that like from that standpoint, that makes a lot of sense. Just let's just make a whole bunch more money here, you know. And get people talking. Like, if people are talking, you're making money. And if he uncensors things, I think there's going to be a lot more draw to it because there's tons of people that won't go on Twitter because it's like, oh, they just censor everything. Uh, particularly people on the conservative sides, you know, like, yeah, the only, like, let's face it. If there's any censorship that's going on, it's extreme left. It's, it's the woke that are censoring anything that counters their opinion or their belief system, what they think. It's not like, uh, it's not like Woka-Cola is getting censored, right? It's not like this, uh, <laughs> the, the transgender non-binary, oh, censor that. That's, that's really weird. We don't need to talk. No, that's just being, being shoved down people's throat. And if I say, you know what, I believe that you're either biologically a male or biologically female, and it happens at the time of conception, and when you come out, you're easily identified as to which one of those are, and that's your lot in life. No, censor me, because that's wrong. So I'm like, you know what? Uh, at Elon Musk, I would definitely say tends to, if you think about with this stuff, not religion, but like the state of the world, and I think I, he sides way more to the right or to the center, like like me. Like he did, uh, I saw this picture. You sent it, to, was it you sent that sent it to me? Because you know there's the emoji now of a pregnant man, right? Yes. Did you send that to me? No. no. Yes, you did. Yeah. Elon Musk, in case you need. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you even said in your text, Elon did something I can get behind. So it's, he's, he tweeted a joke of a pregnant man and then Bill Gates because he looks just like yeah. the emoji. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I'm like, good. And I'm like, if that guy owns Twitter, I'm kind of happy because I kind of identify with that that thing. I think Bill Gates is a creepy bastard. And I think it's so stupid that there's emojis of pregnant men. And so if you can make fun of that and poke, poke that, I'm like, good. That's what we need. Right. And so that's, I think the censorship that exists needs to be uncensored because it's not, it's, it's common sense. It's truth and rational thought that is being censored. And it's the Woka-Cola woo-woo that's just like, talk about it. Ah, pick your gender. Like, screw that. Why do I have to be confined to a gender? I'm not a male or a female. Ah, I'm just stupid. 
Like, come on. But, and I don't think anything should be censored. I should be able to do a counter and just say exactly what I said before. You're a man or a woman, you're male or female. End of discussion. That should be up and anybody else's opinion should be up, you know? Like, you know, people say, oh, I believe in free speech. And like, well, would you, what if there's a Nazi party? Well, I personally, to tell you the truth, I would let them exist. Let them do what they want. They want to hold rallies and meetings pro-Nazis. That's their right. That is the freedom of speech. And it has to be every single group has that freedom. As soon as you censor any of it, you've lost that fundamental right that that exists for like a democracy to even work slightly, you know. But anyways... Yeah, I've said for a while that as long as it's not actively harmful, like we should all get together and kill Todd. Uh, yeah, <laughs> please don't. You know, please don't. as long as it's not actively harmful, nothing should be censored. And here's why: censorship hides the a holes. Mm-hmm. You know, if I can't say what I believe, you don't know what I believe. Mm-hmm. You know, you just know I'm goose-stepping along with everybody else. Mm-hmm. You let people say what's on their mind, then you know, and you know who to avoid. Mm-hmm. You know how to keep, also you know who to keep out of your camp. Yeah, exactly. Because um, if you know, hey, everybody censored, can't say anything. You can't talk about anything other than, you know, vanilla stuff and the and how great the government is. Yeah, uh, that Justin Trudeau's the answer to everybody's problems. That's all you can say in public. <laughs> yeah. You don't know that some guy that is now part of your outer circle, right? Your acquaintances is dangerous. Mm-hmm. And then over you know months, they move into your inner circle, and they're still dangerous, but you don't know it. Mm-hmm. And then they hurt you know a, a pet. Or a kid or something, you know? Yeah. yeah. I want to know who those people are. Yeah. And it's easy if you just let people talk. Mm-hmm. And it's also different. Like, if somebody comes out right and says, I'm going to kill you, right? Like, like threats and stuff. Yes, that stuff needs to be taken seriously. But if somebody's like, man, I can't stand it. I, th- I think you're so wrong. Or I, 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 I hate your guts, man. Like, I don't ever want to see you again. People be like, oh, you can't say that. It's too harsh. And it's like where you bounce. Like somebody comes out and says, I'm going to come kill you. Okay, well, that's something serious. Now, should that be censored? No, but you should act on that, you know, even in an online setting. Um, but it's kind of like, I don't know. You know, the funny thing is I was listening to a podcast with this guy who's uh, uh, some security expert. Like he's security head of, for a bunch of presidents and stuff. And he says of the death threats... Uh, people that mail death threats to celebrities, politicians, is almost almost non-existent that they will actually ever intend on following up with those. They say the people you have to pay attention to are the people that <laughs> mail body parts. <laughs> like, put a finger. They'll just put a finger in an envelope and mail it to a president. They say, okay, we got to find out this guy because this guy's going to do a, a, an attempt, right? Well, he, not an attempt. He's got a finger from somebody. Yeah, I know. <laughs> or <laughs> Something's like, already happened. Yeah, it may be coming parts. to a house near you, <laughs> but he's already had his show on the road somewhere. <laughs> yeah. So I just thought that was interesting—a little tangent talking about death threats. They say you know people that 
oh, I'm going to come kill you. It's like they rarely, rarely actually have the intent because saying that is easy. But like you say, like to cut somebody's finger off or animal parts or something, okay, that already takes a very, very deranged mind, you know? Once you uh, start mutilating animals, the die is already cast. Yep. Um, Just sorry, people. Yep. You've already turned off that switch in your brain. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, And from animal to person is not as big a leap as nothing to animal. Yeah, that's true. Thinking about actually doing it is the largest leap. Yeah. Um, Takes the longest amount of time. Yeah. Totes. So I had my, uh, what's that? No, go ahead. I was just going to radically change the su- the subject. Awesome. You're, you're, okay, I just I just got a segue. segue. Awesome. Speaking of mutilating animals, I just had my first <laughs> my first full Masons meeting. <laughs> no, we have uh, so it's like the first Monday of every month they meet and um uh it's cool, but so I got um like I'm I get to help set stuff up and like they set up the lodge in a certain way and so obviously the new guys, it's it's like how it is, right? You're the new guy, Kate. We're gonna put you to work. And so like I set up the the meal afterwards, which is easy. It is fun. I mean, you're just sitting there hanging out, and you know we set all the drinks out and all that stuff. But um, yeah, it was cool, man. It's cool. I got to see another guy initiated. He was supposed to be initiated on my initiation, but he had COVID, and so he had to go through by himself. So when I got initiated, it was uh, me and two other guys. Um. Yes, one kid is a doctor uh, that I got initiated with, and because he was on call, they allowed him to have his phone. But like, and they have rules; it, it's arbitrary. Each lodge makes it up. But if your phone rings during lodge meeting, you have to give him fifty bucks, <laughs> which I'm like, good, because you know nobody takes it serious anymore. It's like if we commit to be together in person, let's actually do that. You know, you sit there, you talking to somebody, and they're like talking and all of a sudden they like reach into their pocket pull look at their phone and kind of smile at you and look at their phone and say come on man so i kind of like that idea of it but yeah no you know what's crazy so the one kid i was initiated with i think he was the same age as me he became he was a uh a mechanical engineer so he's a professional engineer and he got bored with it and said i think i want to be a doctor instead he became a medical doctor <laughs> by the time he's 42 years old what a guy hey Yep. Super, super nice guy. Pulls up in his Tesla. Speaking of Tesla. <laughs> yeah. But. Um, no, I completely changed my opinion about him now. Yeah. Now that you've said Tesla. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. He, he was sounding pretty smart up until that last part. Yeah. No, it's a, uh, it's fun, fun. And we have to meet. It used to be like we were meeting in this town called, well, a little hamlet village, Namaka. And yeah, it was like five minutes from my house. And now we got to drive like 45 minutes to Hazar. But it's kind of cool because they have an actual lodge. Like if you meet in a, you can meet in a community hall, but then every time you have to set everything up and you have to, whereas this is an actual proper Masonic lodge and it's cool. I think it was built in the forties. And so they've got pictures of like dating back, like, I don't know, there, there might be like 50 or 100 framed photographs all over the walls. And you look at these, oh, it's so neat to see. All these old guys dating from way back when that were that were members of that lodge. and That's pretty cool. 
It's neat, man. It's so much fun. I can't believe how much I enjoy being a, a Mason. It's just like, wow. You know, and, <clears throat> it, uh, I, I don't want to say I'm jealous or envious because I'm trying to take that route myself, but uh, it was something I've always wanted to do. I'm just a little frustrated right now. That it's not happening? Yeah, that they haven't contacted me back. Uh, uh, yeah you know whatever uh yeah things can happen uh tennessee is not the most technologically advanced people on earth so yeah yeah most of them still have their teeth though right uh no (laughs) okay gotcha (laughs) that's why there's more there's more dentist here than (laughs) stray cats my god yeah everybody Uh, has their summer teeth in all the all year long some are here, yes. some are there. Yeah. No, I waited because, well, I had my first initiation date scheduled like pre-pandemic. And then I think this was a third reschedule when I finally got to do it. But even then, it was probably seven years ago that I first had like a, they call it like the casual interview. Oh, so I met three of them. We had a casual interview and that's like at least seven years. And then before they actually come to your, they do a interview in your house and they meet your wife and they explain to your wife, like, this is not a secret society, but it is a society with secrets. There are going to be things that you're not allowed to know. Are you okay with that? And like that, if you're married, they have to do that. They say, we will not let you join unless we've talked to your wife and explained things. And it makes sense, right? Like if, if your wife is dead set against it, you're not going to be a Mason. Like, like not, it's not going to happen. You know, um, but yeah, it's so cool, man. Like it's, and seeing the initiate, the, the initiation again, like that's a lot of words. There's a lot of, lot to take in. Uh, and when I had time, like now I'm observing it, right? Like as a spectator, instead of being in it and having to respond and stuff, um, man, some of the lessons I, I, I missed them. And they're just so rock solid and, oh, so good. It's funny. I had to comment <laughs> one comment on my YouTube uh, channel. If it, if it did a video like I, why I became a Mason, somebody said like, nope, the brainwashing is complete. What do they call it? Is that welcome to the something a machine of the satanic re- regime or something like that? And, and I was like, he said, oh, yeah, they, they point it all friendly in the first degree, but once you move up, it's It's like, man, there, like, there is nothing that I've learned so far that has anything to do with anything immoral. It is pure based on morals, on the Bible, and I'm like, it is such a good program. Like, I honestly truly wish that churches had something like this. Like, this to me reminds me of what a phenomenal men's Bible study would be. And it's, you know, like, like I kind of blame, don't, don't blame, but I don't have a lot of respect for much of the modern church because they've gotten soft right right at the same time as society. And, you know, you don't want to be old school and super legalistic. Um, but, man, the church gives up their belief sometimes, right? It's like, well... You know, if you live together before you get married, that's not so bad. It's like, no, it's not right. Like, it's and until you're married, that's not your wife, right? And and I believe that. Like, boom, black and white. But the church is like, eh. Whereas 
the stuff that, that the Freemasons, they've taken that hard line from back in the ancient days, you know, and, and then like the reason they do the ritual, you know, it's just, it's so cool, man. And like you go there and the friendliest group, I think it's part of the thing. Like you have to be friendly. You, I don't think you're even allowed to walk into the room without going and shaking every single person's hand and saying hello to them. Like, it's just unreal. You know, you go to, you go to groups, any type of a social group, you, you join a hockey team or you, your kids are on a team. It's so clicky, right? Even as adults. I mean, there might be two to three people you talk to out of the 20 people in this collective group. Oh, it's not like that in Freemasonry, man. You walk in and I talk to every single person. A new guy comes in, every person goes up and talks to him and has a, a conversation. It is like, oh, it's a blast. I, I Like, I'm not... I don't consider myself necessarily a people person, but I'm like, man. And the guys told me, he said, you know, one thing, one of the best benefits about being a Freemason is that you've just earned yourself hundreds and hundreds of really good friends. People that will have your back, people that you'll have their back. And it is that, man. It is like, oh, I enjoy it so much. Go to, go to Lodge and people I've never met before. We're having conversations and what do you do for a make knives? Oh, no kidding. It's like my 16-year-old son, I, he's into knives. He loves that show. I want to, you know, I'd love to get him a knife, like a real knife for his birthday. And, oh, it's just so cool, man. It's, ugh. I'll tell you, you're talking about men's Bible study. Yeah. Uh, when I was young in the military, I went to one, uh, you know, all men's Bible study. and mm -hmm. <clears throat> They kept it within a certain, each group of men was a certain age range. Didn't like that. Because you're mm. missing the wisdom yeah. of some of the older people that have made the same mistakes that are troubling you now. Yeah, for sure. So I got into a, you know, all the men in the church uh, group, and it was the most fantastic experience outside of you know the normal stuff, you know, like marriage and yeah, yeah. Anyway, and then uh, when I was uh, got to Maryland got my Harleys, uh, joined the Harley owners group and was going to those meetings. One of those, a group of those, that was a smaller, you know, small-ish group. And then within that group, a very small number of people, like oh, 10, had a Bible study that was, you know, for Harley riders. Hmm. And so I went to that a couple of times. Oh, my Lord. No, the Bible doesn't say that. Stop it. Hmm. Where did you get that from the Bible? And, well, you know, if it was today, stop it. Yeah, yeah. You're that. that you're the part of those people that try to rewrite the Constitution, aren't you? Mm -hmm. um, rewriting the Bible is so much worse. Uh, it doesn't even compare, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> and now we got this, <clears throat> these churches that have the, Rainbow vestments. Yeah. Uh, can you show me in the Bible where it says you can do this? Because I can show you where it says no. Yeah. Bad. Sodom and Gomorrah. And it hits you in the nose with a rolled up newspaper. Stop it. Yeah. <clears throat> but it, it, I'm with you, man. It bothers me so much, even though it's only affecting them. It still bothers me so much because it's rewriting the Bible. 
it affects society though like if that's what like every part of society affects society right and if churches are becoming so soft and weak then society doesn't have anything you know okay let's hold up our virtue and our morals and where are we going to look say if there's hard times what are we gonna get behind and and say okay let's look for you know because there's cycles right and and you have revival or something like that if you've got what is supposed to be the um the moral pillar uh the pillar of righteousness you know where people can look what's the guiding light you know when we if we, we want to see what is right let's look to the church right kind of thinking society would do this and if they see that and they see well wait a minute you guys have all changed right now now it, then it does affect all society it's not just their church it's it's society by and large, you know, because then, well, wait a minute, we think that too. So what's the difference? There's no difference. It becomes the church wants to fit in so bad and, and they're like, well, we can't be offensive. We need to be inclusive that they just totally blend in and there's no differentiation. Like, like where does regular society, you know, look, just non-religious society and religious society. Well, they just kind of cross right on over into each other. They both think the same thing. So what good is the religious thing? It's just an extra veil of whatever, you know? The church needs to stand out from society at large. It needs to be different, <laughs> you know, because that's uh, salvation is different. Like, I mean, man, it's so, so, so I, yeah. Watered down churches, it's such, it's sad, man. It's really sad. I'm just like, nah. You know, we had, uh, so my dad's friend flew into this airport to help him put this hangar door up. He's got his own runway at his place and stuff. And so they're talking about some people that go to our church, go to Center Street Church. And he's like, oh, the, this, this, I won't say that, the Quist family. I'm like, yeah, their boys, their boys are my age. And they went to our youth group for a little bit. And they said, oh, well, yeah, their boys aren't going to church. And they haven't, you know, they're, they're not involved with the church at all. But I remember when they were like 15 years old. They stopped coming to church and their parents would come. And I said, well, where's Ryan? He's like, oh, he doesn't want to come to church today. And I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? You know, and it, it's like that to me, I'm like, how on earth could you have a, so they're an adult in the church. I was a teenager in the church and I'm shaking my head saying, so you literally aren't going to make your kid come to church? Is he living under your roof? Because cause that, he has to do what you say, right? And are you willingly okay with this? Like, no. If, sorry, kid, if you want to stop coming to church, you're going to have to move out of my house. Like, this is how it is. And it's, I don't know, when you see that and seeing some of this stuff and, you know, people in church are like, well, we're just going to move in together for three months before we get married. And it's like, huh, okay, well, I mean, I think there are some rules that you pretty much need to adhere to and they have to do with, you know, murdering and sexual immorality and, uh, you know, now, whether or not someone choose to drink or not, I don't think that's on the same level. Like, but there's some things like, you know, any sin against your body, the body is a temple of, of the Holy Spirit. You're defiling the temple. And I don't know. I, I kind of think they're pretty big deals. There's not a lot of flexibility in them, you know? And then looking at these, what most churches are now, I'm like, well, no wonder. These people that are like running the church didn't make their teenage kids go to church. Of course, this, of course it's soft. Of course it's weak and flabby. Of course you can't tell the difference between the church and pagan society, you know? I don't know. It's disappointing. I'm not. 
I don't know if I should say this out loud, but I'm going to. Okay. Back in the late 90s when a buddy of mine was, well, we had just moved from Montana to Florida. I the whole flying to. wing came with us. And, you know, there was a guy there who was a Freemason, and he was like, hey, you know, you'd be a good fit. And this, that, and the other, right? He was, you know, trying to recruit me to the cult. That's a joke, people. And uh, who else? I think the reason I didn't, honestly, I've done a lot of soul searching on this, is I've always wanted to be a Freemason. But his, the way he was selling it, turned me off a little. Mm. Uh, Oh, you know, everything in moderation. Because he was trying to tell me some stuff without telling me some stuff because he didn't want to break his vows or whatever, promise. However, it said, you know, I don't know because I'm not there. I can't tell you. I know. <laughs> I don't want you to. But, you know, he was like, oh, everything in moderation. And then he said, you know, as long as it's not another Freemason's wife. What are you in the mob? Hmm. And then, um, he, you know, he said some. Oh, like the keeping the secrets from the wife. I'm like, yeah, I'm not into that. Because other than your relationship with Jesus, the relationship with your wife is supposed to be the most most best there is, mm-hmm. the most close and precious. I'm like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not okay with that. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> I also think he was, because I know him, I knew him. We worked together for a long time. <clears throat> I think he was kind of full of crap as a person, not having nothing to do with Freemasonry, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I also know his wife. If he'd have looked at another woman with interest, yeah, Lorena Bobbitt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As it should be. Mm-hmm. But um, <clears throat> they're still married, they're still happy. The other people that we were all friends with in the military, our little group at that time, him and I are the only ones that are still married. They're the same people. Mm-hmm. And we and him and I, when we'd go out for a smoke break, we'd kind of say, you know, they're not going to be married much longer. They're not going to be. You know. hmm. But, you know, I'm not saying anything bad about Freemasonry. I'm not. I'm saying <clears throat> something suspect about a person I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there, there are people out there that I know uh, were kicked out of Freemasonry for um, misrepresenting it. Hmm. Uh, I do know that because uh, I know the people who kicked them out. Yeah. You know, no, uh, I don't know the process. I don't know the, the whole why. I know some of it because he was misrepresenting it to me mm-hmm. and other people. You know. Yeah, like our lodge has kicked people out before. Like I was talking to them. Like they always say, uh, so I get together with them once a week to do, like they just do this memory work and blah, blah, blah. And, the, you know, like any questions, any questions at all. And I mean, it's just, this is ancient stuff we're learning. And so the wording of it is weird. Uh, it I makes sense to me because like like I read, <laughs> you read a lot of the Old Testament and it, it's, it's different. Like it, it's not how I would speak today, how we communicate it's 
it's a different version of English, but you can get it, right? No, um, yeah. I've read some stuff that old, uh, and I, I kind of dig it. It, mm. it turns your brain in a different direction. Yeah, because it's not what we're used to. It engage, You have to think about it more, and I think you actually understand it more. And There's obviously lots of different versions of the Bible. But, so anyways, they're like, is there anything that you don't understand? Because a lot of people will read this, for, and this is the first time they've read this stuff written this way. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm good with this. Like, I, I get it. I understand it. And, and then they go explain everything, and they say the most important thing is that you understand what you're, what, what you're learning. You understand the ritual and why it's done, the reasoning behind it. And the thing that I love about Freemasonry is that, you know, your initiation. Once you go, once you're initiated, they go back after explaining everything. I'm like, oh, that makes so much sense. It is so logical. And it's like, that is actually a really good lesson. I had no clue that was the lesson at the time. But when you say it and for these reasons and, and I'm like, oh, and it, it ties back to ancient, ancient times. I'm like, this is brilliant. Like, it's absolutely fantastic. Um, oh, I was going to say something I totally forget though. Oh yeah. So I, there's like any other questions? Like they always say, do you have anything about the questions that you have that have come up? And, and I said, so my wife's uncle was a Mason. He was actually the master of the Strathmore Lodge, the one that I'm a member of. And then he took a demit, which is he got out. And the reason he got out is because his wife hated the fact she was fine with it in the beginning. Like he became a Mason after he was married and then it just started to bother and bother and hey, I've been asking me, he says, uh, it just, it was driving her nuts. She couldn't handle the fact that we had secrets. And he said, I enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun, but he said, ultimately, you know, it's my wife's way more important than brotherhood is. So he took a demit and got out. Um, and that's what they'll tell you. Like anytime they ask you to come to meeting, they always say, is it, is it good with your family? And is it good with your work? He said family comes first and then your work and then the brotherhood, right? Like it's, they just want to make sure that you're not sacrificing family time and blah, 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 blah. But, um, and so I said, I said like, why, why would somebody do that? Why would they demit? And they said, they maybe just don't have time for it. Like you have to pay your dues every year. It's only 150 bucks, but you have to pay them every year. Um, or it's like, yeah. And if it's something gets busy or if I just say, you know what, I, I just don't want to be a part of this anymore. You can just leave. And I said, can you get kicked out? I said, oh yeah. Yeah, we've kicked people out before. I said, really? He's like, yep. So I thought that was interesting. So yeah, we've, dude, the last guy they kicked out was like seven years ago or something. And I, I said, why? He said, well, you'll learn about all the reasons why you could get kicked out. But um, no, it's interesting. It's it's so weird. And even when I think about it now, I'm like, it's the weirdest thing on earth. And when I think about it, I'm like, man, Masons are weird. Like, what is going on? Like, this is weird. But then I'm like, this is so good. Like, Oh, I, I feel like, man, I want to tell everybody I know that this is rad. But yeah, looking at it and Steph's totally fine. She goes, I don't. And there's so much stuff that I'm learning. They're like, you can do this recital stuff with your wife. And I'm like, really? It's like, yeah, like lots of guys do as well. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't found a secret that I'm not allowed to tell Steph yet. So I don't know if they just say that. And sometimes I wonder, I, like I told him, I said, I half wonder if you guys are just, you just got us act that there's all these secrets and there's really going to be not a single secret, <laughs> you know, but you just want to keep people like, Ooh, because so far it's funny. Cause even through my whole initiation, I, I knew what was going to happen. Like we coming to a point, I'm like, okay, I've heard about this. I've heard about something like this and there's things that happen. And, and I don't know where I heard them from. I don't know who told them over the years. I've done a lot of research on it 
And even the guy, the old boys, they'll tell you, say, you can find anything you want about Freemasonry on the internet. 90, 99.9% of it's uh, false, but it is there. Everything is there. But Like the goats. <laughs> Drink goat, goat blood at Lodge. There's a, I don't know where you could find it, but there's a documentary about Freemasonry mm-hmm. by Freemasons. Mm. They're not anymore. But um, it was a small group of Freemasons. One was a filmmaker uh, who got tired of all the misinformation mm-hmm. and decided they were going to you know, set the record straight about a couple of things. Yeah, they shouldn't have done that. Mm. <laughs> I mean, they got kicked out. but uh, And Freemasonry has always disavowed the video, but the... You know, we were Masons in good standing when we made it. Hmm. We swear to God it's true. And there's nothing in it at all that's a bit surprising to an intelligent person, you know. Mm -hmm. There's no... uh, There's no occult. There's no... None of that mess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All it is is it's a... Well, the way they uh, described it was a it's an immense fraternal organization that have meetings, and our number one mission, to put it most simply, probably too simply, is to pass down and keep alive uh, beliefs and traditions that date back to before the pyramids were built. Mm-hmm. By masons, mm-hmm. stonecutters, you know, yep, whatever. Yep. Actually, you and they, see. Start, they talked about some of the ceremonies and reenacted some of it, and I think that's what got them booted. Mm, yeah. So, like, there's a documentary on Netflix. It's a four part one, I believe. Yeah, that ain't it. No, no. But they've also, I don't know if they've showed it. I think there's somebody, like, it's funny because, well, I shouldn't say I don't know anything. I know, like, a grip or a token, right? Like, a handshake. Those are secret. Those you can't tell people. Um, but then they don't even, they're, they're not even written down, right? Like, those are only shown. And I think I mentioned it last time. Like, the reason they have all these stick to the very strict rituals, just like that game of telephone, right? You whisper in one kid's ear and then you say one word, like monkey. And then he turns to the kid beside him and says a word and says a word. By the time you get through 10 or 20 kids, you have a totally different word, right? And so I say, if you keep very strict, like boom, 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 we don't want, as this thing progresses through the generations, we want it to be the exact same fraternity as when we founded it. And so that's why they keep the old tradition, the, you know, and that's what makes it weird, you know, but it's like, that's, that's how it has to be. You know, if you want to maintain the, the core values of it, you have to, or it's easiest to do if you don't change anything. If everything is the same, okay, we're going to do this, and then this, and this means this, and that means that. Instead of coming up and saying, okay, you know what, we're in the different age, you know, people have different values, should we start changing this out and changing this word? And uh, Maybe we should include women, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's like, nope, it, it's boom, this is how it is, that's how it always will be, done. And so, it's interesting. It's fun. Yeah, I, uh, I, 
another Todd segue has nothing to do with masonry. You and I have talked about several things over the course of our podcast. Uh, most often it has to do with the Wuhan sniffles or the government. Mm-hmm. But you know how hold on that, you know, put that story on hold, tell another story real quick to get back to that story. Um, one of the things I hate about Instagram is I see more ads than oh, posts. Yeah. And now it's, I get post, ad, 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 post. Literally, oh, there's three horrible. ads between posts. Yeah. Well, one I keep seeing every time I open Facebook or Instagram is for this coffee mug that has a picture of Jim Jones on it, and it says, drink up. And I'm like, I got to get Jeremy in that cup. <laughs> this is one of your favorite things uh, is to, you know, call out Kool-Aid drinkers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But- <laughs> <laughs> right on. <laughs> so now we get back to the other story. Yeah, that was it. Oh, okay, right on. Um, That's uh, funny. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, I can't stand I am or IG now because – Facebook, I'm about ready to, I've turned off all notifications for both, and I'm about ready to leave Facebook for good, um, delete all my data. And here's why. Cause you know that um, Facebook whistleblower yeah. that's talking to Congress? Mm-hmm. A couple of weeks ago, they said some stuff in the testimony, and it hasn't made news for some reason. In, Facebook does not know. They have no clue where all your data is. Hmm. None. Really? Because they've opened it up to so many different, like, <laughs> yeah. oh, we'll let this other app use Facebook. We'll let these other people use Facebook and blah, blah, blah. You know, just pay Zuckerberg and we'll pimp out your data. So they have no clue where all your data is. Wow. And and on piggybacking on that, a anonymous uh completely redacted security expert because they're still active in the field said if you do not think that every business that's ever had a contract with Facebook Russia China and 20 other countries don't have everything about you available through Facebook you are naive yep. period yeah, I agree. I agree. He said your own government, and he was talking to the government. He said, you know, you have everything that's in Facebook mm-hmm. cataloged. So if you're doing it, you know. Of course other makes people you think are. The bad governments are you know, our yeah. enemies. Yeah. Idiots. Yeah, and I used to think, oh, like delete Facebook and that'll be fine. No, they've got it already. And, you know, it came out during the pandemic that the Canadian government was tracking, like, the majority of Canadians' movement via their cell phones, right? Just to see what they're doing, see how much they're traveling and stuff, which it bothered me so much. And I'm like, you know what? And so I turned location services off my phone. And uh, I was thinking about it. I was like, what? If they want to track my phone, it doesn't matter whether I turn off location services. It's not making my phone untrackable. And if the government wants to continue this tracking thing they're doing, they can do it even after I turn it off. Like, yeah, we're, we're that, in so that deep. That little arrow. no way out. Yeah. 
that little arrow on your phone just turns off anything that's um, voluntarily controllable by you. Exactly. There's a ton of involuntary stuff. Like if you're an Apple user, Apple continues to track you. Yeah. Governments continue to track you. Um, You can't turn off location services at all in total unless you put it in a Faraday bag or a Faraday cage. And they're listening. Like, like, I'm like, oh, I'm not going to have Siri because I don't want to hear my conversations. Of course they're still listening, right? Or not not that they are listening, but if they want to, I could have my phone powered off and they could still make this microphone pick up everything I say. Like, it, it's like we're in we're in too deep. You know, we, we've all just allowed this entire thing to happen. And we didn't know, like, where it would lead. You, you know, when I first put Encarta... CD that, you know, the encyclopedia on a CD into a computer. I was like, oh, my word, this is unbelievable. And that's where it started. And then next thing you know, there's AOL. And you could go into a chat room and, like, talk to people around the world. What? And now, <laughs> the next thing you know, we're going to be having the, the metaverse. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny because it's not, uh, you can say stuff like that without being so much of a conspiracy theorist now. Hey. Like, like people know that well, they, their phones track from, them. Oh, conspiracy theorists to shock and now mm-hmm. acceptance. We skipped outrage for some reason. Yeah, that's true. Uh, it was, it's uh, funny because we're in that we had pizza in the hangar last night and then they had some wine. And uh, my dad was pouring, like filling up my mom's wine glass and he spilt a little bit. He's like, oh, and my mom's like, well, just get something to clean it up. And she's like, oh, and, and my dad's like, it's going to stain. And he's like, well, these are jeans. I don't care. Like, she had really dark jeans on. She goes, it's not going to stain. I just want to get something to dry this up. And then the, my mom's phone was in her pocket. And Siri comes on and goes, can I help you with anything? And I was like, that's weird. Like, because, and then people are like, oh, get some paper towels, get this. And there was kind of a commotion going on. And it was the third time a drink had been spilt. And then, can I help you with anything? And we were all like, what? <laughs> I was like, God, she knows we're having problems. What a nice little device, <laughs> you know. Well, I, as a joke, because I knew this was going to happen, because um, I know somebody who worked for uh, Apple and in their security division, and so uh, around a group of people, I turned Siri on on my phone, mm-hmm. and I opened it up. It's just sitting here, and Siri said something, and I went, "Hey, Siri." Turn yourself off. I'm sorry. I can't do that. Hmm. Oh, (laughs) my God. My phone just did it right now. (laughs) See, I'm not lying, people. She just said it. Oh, my God. You can turn me off in settings. Oh. That's funny. Siri's not allowed to turn herself off. That's funny. I'm sorry, Dave. I can't allow that. Yeah, that's right. Right on. Go outside the airlock, Dave. <laughs> oh, I got a little update on our house selling situation. It's get, it, I don't know. It's, it's almost getting frustrating now, but these people, when, when we gave them to the second to waive their conditions and didn't hear anything. Got a text from our realtor saying they should be ready to waive conditions today. It was on the first and then on the second, waiting, waiting. Um, Wait, what's the second? Second was Monday or Tuesday? Ba, 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 ba. Anyways, 
they, yeah. Um, so we get this thing, and um, they got they wave the septic, they wave the water, the house inspection. Um, they're just waiting for their financing to come back, and so they got it. But the silly thing was that it was dated for the 29th. Like the bank had dated it for the 29th, which is when they needed it by. But the bank never sent it to them until the 2nd. And so like we had to give them that extension. But then they actually sent it and then they sent it and then followed it with another email saying, actually, we're just going to make a change to the approval. We want to do an appraisal on the house too. And so they asked us, can we get an extension you know, till whatever, they can do an appraisal. They didn't know when it was, so we gave them till the 10th to waive their conditions. And so yesterday they came and did a house inspection, an appraisal. And so I don't know when they're going to get that, but now it could be as long as the 10th before we find out for sure if all the conditions are waived. But then I just made a change too. I said, well, if you guys are going to, you guys are supposed to waive conditions on the 29th. Now you're doing the 10th. You've almost taken two weeks because we had one month to move. We have conditions on the 29th. We have to be out on the 31st. So I said, well, I want an extra week. Like the possession date now is not going to be the 31st of May. It's going to be June 7th. And so they gave that to us. Because even once they waive all their conditions, you know, we got to get, you know, got to get a lawyer and we got to do this and do that and still paperwork and things that need to be done on our side. And, you know, if they squeeze me too much, then I'm going to be the guy, you know, holding up the ship at the end. And I don't want that. So. But, um, and then I asked my realtor if, say, if the appraisal came in lower than what they put the offer on the house for, what happens then? So basically they would just have to come up with a difference out of pocket. Um, but she said if they, if it doesn't go through and they can't waive that condition, she said, I've already got three people that said they want to put an offer. And as soon as they said, as soon as that happens, let us know, we'll give you our offer. So apparently there's three other buyers right now that want it. So we'll see. Well, that's good. That's good. I'm happy. Yeah. Yeah, so no matter what happens with this one, either it's sold or you sell it to somebody else right away. Yeah. You know, you know you're not stuck with it. And not that you're stuck with it, but you know what I mean. Yeah, at the same time, like I'm literally hoping it doesn't sell because I don't want to move. And then I go to my dad's shop and I'm like, I want to move. And the yard, it is, I feel 100% that I want to move and I feel 100% that I don't want to move. It is the weirdest situation I've ever been in that my means life. you're one of the luckiest people on earth. You're... You're in a good position now. You'll be in a good position then. It's it's win win. I know, isn't it? It's so weird. Yeah. Except and for the, the shop. Yeah, but I mean, eventually <laughs> I'll, I'll build my shop out here, right? Eventually, but yeah, you can yeah. skip the whole. You know, build my own shop. I know. The, the, like literally, like, the trees, like they're they're huge. Like I don't know. I don't know what a really tall tree would be. Probably forty feet. You know, 60, it's huge. They're mass, massive trees. Like you, they kind of do a canopy over the driveway and you drive underneath them and it's, oh, dude, man. It's amazing. What are you listening to? Uh, I forgot. Even if my phone's on mute, my wife will ring in. Oh, gotcha. I have it set up to where I, I can't miss one of her calls. Oh, yes, yes. And yes. her ringtone is one of my favorite songs. So, is that Mariah Carey? No. <laughs> it sounded like it. Todd. It's not Mariah Carey. J-Lo? No, no, no. <laughs> it is... Beyonce. Uh, it's Beyonce. No. It's... Uh, now, see, I can't... 
it's a name, and names are my Achilles heel, but... Um, Fleetwood Mac. It was a girl singing, wasn't it? Yeah. It is oh. Anita Baker. Oh, okay. So not Mariah Carey, then. No, it's a okay. way better. <laughs> Just fucking yeah. Now, if anyone likes African-American female singers, black lady singers, and you don't know who Anita Baker is, you don't know. Huh. Anita Baker. I'm going to have to look that up. Yes. Look, okay, you just gave us all a recommendation, Todd. Yeah, I'm going to look that up. Anyways, I should probably mosey on with the day, I guess. Ooh. Got any big plans for the day? I did, but no, I don't. Oh, dear. We had a big storm. Uh, we were supposed to be going to North Carolina this weekend. That's not happening. Huh. Or at least not that I'm aware of. Uh, and then I was going to, I did a bunch of yard work yesterday, mowing, and oh my God, my back. Oh, dear. Uh, but I need to weed the edges and at least three parts of the front yard at a mm. minimum. And then we had this big storm last night, so. Hmm. Yeah, we had a doozy of a storm last night, too. First first good rain we've had all year. It was great. Yeah. Right on. Well, probably a good spot to end the show, hey? Yes. And, uh, yeah, thanks, Todd. Always like talking to you, and thanks to our amazing listening audience for just, you know, Soaking up every last word we have to say. <laughs> Putting up with the woo-woo. But yeah, plan on doing it next week again, I guess, hey? Oh, my God. Mm. You got to give me two more minutes. I. I just picked up my phone. And Mariah was on. Yeah. Uh. And the majority of our show today, if you cut it down into minutes, was about Freemasonry. Mm-hmm. I have another Freemason email. Oh, really? During the show. Hmm. My phone is listening. Yes. And it's the same one I got last week. Become a Freemason. Well, I've already tried. I'm waiting on you people. So where are you getting these emails from? Is it because you emailed them? I did that online form. They're supposed to send it to my, it goes to the state head lodge, to the state lodge, and then they look at where you're from, and they're supposed to forward that information, your information, to your local lodge who's supposed to contact you. Yeah. And this is coming from uh, info at beafreemason.org, which if you go to the... Um, their site. Yep. The real one. That's their email address. Oh, okay. Hmm. Crazy. Well, hopefully it works out soon for you. Oh, I'm, like I said, you know, it's on long and blah blah blah. Once I find out for real, for real, if they're meeting again after the Wuhan snowballs and what day it is, I'm going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
<clears throat> and it would have been this week, so I missed it. So I'll go in June. Yeah. Just knock on the door. Yep. Hi. Let me in. Yeah. Well, huff and I'll puff. As you know, uh, John Wayne was a Freemason, right? And uh, it was no, his dad was a Freemason, and he wanted to become a Freemason. And so when he was old enough, he asked dad, "Can I be a Freemason?" He said, "Nope." That's weird. Then, uh, you know, waited a little while later, six months or so. I said, Dad, can I, I want to join the fraternity. Can I become a Freemason? He said, nope, not right now. And he's like, oh, whatever. He bothered him. And he waited a year next time. He said, listen, Dad, I want to become a Freemason. He goes, sure. And he said, why did you say no the other times? He goes, you have to ask at least three times before we say yes. <laughs> and that was, that was their lodge was one of their rules. It's a, it was an arbitrary rule. They said you have to really, really want it. It's not just like, oh, sure, willy-nilly. It's like, no, you either want to become a Freemason or you don't. And I thought that was interesting. So that's how John Wayne became a Freemason. But uh, right on. Well, I guess we'll uh, talk to you next week, Todd. Thank you so much, Jeremy, for having the show. Thank you. Taking the time. Almost two hours out of your life. Um, and and yours as well. Well, you know, it's two hours. I'll never get back. It's <laughs> <laughs> gone. It's gone. It's wasted. It's over. <laughs> I can't believe we wasted two hours for these nine people. These ingrates. <laughs> That's right. Right on. Oh wait, we're still recording. <laughs> oh shoot. <Yeah. laughs> oh. He didn't mean it. It's just his medication's a little twisted right now. He's sorting it out. <laughs> I just hope one of those nine peoples is a midget. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> we'll have to start recording shorter shows. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> right on. Oh, God, I can't breathe. <laughs> <laughs> Tell Siri that and she'll get you an ambulance. <sighs> Right on. All right. Well, we'll talk to you all next week. Uh, See y'all later.